This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Valeria interviews Diane Higby the author of Clutter-Free Living, The Complete Guide to Killing the Chaos, Organizing Your Space, and Simplifying Your Life. Diane Higby is also a speaker and a transformational mentor who helps people live better lives by decluttering and organizing. Her book, Clutter-Free Living, is an international bestseller in six categories. She is currently in the process of launching her online program, the Secret Guide to Clutter-Free Living. She has helped hundreds of people find the value of beautifully decluttered and open spaces. Diane is the founder and CEO of Clutter-Free Living. She is the insightful creator of the Blissful Home Program, a unique and different six-step program, an approach designed to get you through the decluttering process from start to finish, and more importantly, to keep it organized. She is also co-author of the book, Limitless. She is a certified belief breakthrough mentor, helping people work through their limiting beliefs about physical, mental, and emotional clutter. Diane and her husband, Brent, are parents of nine amazing children and 20 grandchildren. They live in a beautiful home that at one time had a basement full of every kind of clutter. After years of shuffling stuff, she developed a system that enabled her to declutter her basement and has been decluttering homes ever since. Diane has spent over 20 years as a realtor and has seen hundreds of homes in every condition, from beautifully organized to chronically cluttered. The organized homes sell quickly and the cluttered ones do not sell. Diane is a professionally certified member of NAPO, National Organization of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. She is a member of the NAPO Virtual Chapter and Utah Professional Organizers. Personally, Diane enjoys being creative. She is an accomplished oil, pastel, and watercolor artist. She also welds creatively with metal and has a beautiful water gardening but she is careful not to schedule too much at one time so as not to clutter her schedule and her ability to love her life. To learn more about Diane and her work, please visit clutterfreeliving.com. Here is the interview with Diane Higby. In your own words, who is Diane Higby? 
I am um, someone who just loves life, loves every uh, everything that life entails. I have nine children, and between my husband and I, we have nine children and 20 grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I just love our family. I love the way you talk about life and love. <laughs> you connect life to love. Um, one of the things that you said in your book, I think it was the bio, actually, oh, that I loved the way you said in your bio, you said, Diane is careful not to schedule too much at one time so as not to clutter her schedule and her ability to love her life. So before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Clutter-Free Living, the complete guide to killing the chaos, organizing your space and simplifying your life. I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off record. So the first one is, what does it mean to be a human to you, Diane? Everything that there is in life is is alive. I, I just really enjoy being in the outdoors, being able to see all of the... We have lots of birds around where we live. We have lots of little animals and just... Being able to enjoy in every way, everything that we do, everything that we eat, everything that we feel, um, life is good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The way you speak sounds like um, a highly spiritual awakening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things is to just get out of my way and, and try new things. So I, I love to step out of my comfort zone. <laughs> What is the meaning of well-being to you? Well-being is not having fear, not having anxiety, feeling like the next step is is open to whatever you want it to be and being able to make choices without having things get in your way. That sounds like freedom to me, if we can live this way. What is freedom to you? What is to be free? Oh, freedom is being able to paint if I want to paint and go horseback riding if I want to go horseback riding and and enjoy my family. And uh, they all live close by, so it's really fun to have them around. And uh, freedom is being able to not have to deal with a lot of outside influences or taking up too much of my time, like, well, like clutter. <laughs> yes, right, right. I like the way you say in your book, you call it mental clutter. And then another kind of clutter I did know, which makes a lot of sense, is digital. Just being too busy online, right? Most of us um, tend to do that. What do you think is the opposite of life? So the opposite of life to me would be not having anything to look forward to to just be, I guess, sitting around watching TV all the time, you know, just not really having anything to um, express yourself or do anything. Yeah, I agree. I really loved the way you said that. Yeah, it's not necessarily the physical death. Yeah, there are many other kinds of death, right? True. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? Coming from the space that I'm in, being able to simplify their life, I think 
people just get so overwhelmed with with things that if we could get out of our own way, we would see the needs of others and be able to help others. And obviously health right now is a big issue. <laughs> True. Yeah, because we can't yeah, move freely. Well, that's a deep subject about decluttering the mind, right? In the sense of thoughts um, being caught up in our own thinking and believing that uh, this is what life is all about in uh, expanding and helping others, right? Being at service. I agree. My next question is about love. What is love to you? Enjoying whoever, I guess, if it's loving another person, it's enjoying being able to be with that person or even the thought of other people or the thought of helping other people and happiness and seeing the joy that can come from, from other people. What is your understanding and idea of peace? My understanding of peace is being able to um, have no fear of having people fighting with each other, um, you know, just, boy, um, I just feel peace all the time. So <laughs> it's not something that I <laughs> yeah. really thought about. It rationalizes you. It's not needed, right? Yeah. 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 Just feeling um, a calm comfort around you and, and not having fear of anything happening to your loved ones and being able to enjoy life, I guess. In a way, it's so profound the way you say it, it goes back to enjoying life, appreciation for life. And that's so simple, but it's something that we have to unlearn <laughs> so many other things. Like <laughs> the work that you do is exactly that. It's like removing things. It's not actually learning. It's unlearning to get there. Mm -hmm. Two more questions. What, where, and who is God to you? God is the creator. To me, he's the creator of everything. God is... The one that I'm grateful to for all of life, for all that I have, for all that my family has. And to me, I, I feel a lot of gratitude that I can go to God and ask for help, for forgiveness, for everything, and for, for peace. <laughs> when I was decluttering my own home, I asked for help. <laughs> I feel like... I got it. <laughs> so um, he's part of everything. Yeah, that was my question. Where is God? Uh, would you say everywhere? I, I would say everywhere. He, I that one's a hard one to qualify because he, he is a personage to me. I feel like when I I do pray to God, I I can sense a, a personage being here. But it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, he's there. That's interesting when you say he, would you say that God is spirit? I would say he's a male being, that he has, um, we were created in his image. So he's a person like we are. Um, would you say that God is love? Would you connect God to unconditional love? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think about every time I think about God, I think unconditional love. So let's talk about your work. The first question is for this section. How did you become a writer, Diane? 
oh boy, writing is something that I didn't even have on my radar for <laughs> most of my life. It just kind of popped up. Um, actually, actually, uh, my, my husband <laughs> is a collector. He's a uh, shopper and goes shopping every single day. And so when we had so much clutter in our basement that when I finally figured out how to solve the problem of the clutter, I just said, I just I had a thought come into my head that I needed to tell people how to do it because it took me so long to figure it out. And that's when I, that day, started writing a book and uh, went from there. <laughs> just, so that was the inspiration, your own experience. Yes, definitely. And what was the intention initially? What was the message that you wanted to get out there to other people when you wrote Clutter-Free Living? There are so many people that are stuck in their clutter that have so much around them and they just don't even know where to start. And it's devastating for some people that, you know, it's like tried so hard to declutter my basement for the longest time. And I'd cry and I'd get mad and I'd start throwing. (laughs) But uh, when I I finally figured it out, I, I actually developed a system and I thought, you know, there's so many people that could use this, that could, you know, that need to figure out how to declutter and how to live this perfect life with more time and more money and all of the gifts that you get when you have less clutter in your life. And it is liberating, isn't it? It feels so good. Even when we clean the house, sometimes not even removing things, but just by cleaning too, it feels better. But it is removing because we're removing the dust, right? The, oh, yes. Yeah, it feels Definitely. better. It's so good. Yeah, so true. Talk to me before I ask you questions, specific questions about how do we go by declutting the house and and the mind too, which I'm very interested in that part. Talk to me about Blissful Home Program. So it's just an acronym that I made when I was um, decluttering my own home. I learned at some point that the only way that you can create change in your life is to do a couple of different things. You have to see it in your mind as if it's already happened. You have to say it out loud and then you have to really, really feel the emotion of it. And when I figured that out, I, I went down in my basement and I said, oh, I love this room. I can see it if it's or as if it's already decluttered and I don't need any of the boxes that are here and these shelves are gone and I can roller skate on these floors. So I got, you know, really excited about it, you know. And so um, it, it was just, uh, it was just incredible having that. So blissful means First of all, you need to block out the time. So that, that means don't do don't have anything that can interrupt you. Turn your phone off and just really get involved in the decluttering process. And it doesn't matter if you're decluttering stuff or if you're working on your schedule, you're blocking time blocking your schedule or whatever it is. So you're blocking out time. The L is laying the groundwork getting your tools and supplies ready, um, figuring out your storage areas. I is identifying the storage areas and the trouble spots, identifying what your roadblocks might be. And that could be in any kind of project you're working on. And then the SSF, it's it's combined into one. See it as if it's already happened. Say it out loud. Say, say it as if it's already happened and get excited about it. Because the feeling is what really 
cements the process. So SSF goes together. And then U is useful questions. There's always questions you have to ask when you're getting ready to let go of things. And then F-U-L is love your, love your space. Love what you have accomplished. And I love that, this whole idea of decluttering, cleaning everything. Yes, the, the less, the better, for sure. I believe that. When you talk about uh, visualizing and kind of embodying that vision, it sounds like the law of attraction. Uh, is that connected to it? Very much so, because um, if you don't believe that you can do something, if you don't really embody that belief, you probably can't do it. And so when you're struggling with, with clutter in any way whatsoever, you, um, you know, it is that law of attraction. And also there's a, I want to say uh, the vacuums, uh, whatever you call that, the vacuum theory, where if you're letting things go, good things are coming back in. Mm, so, um, So you're creating this space for new things to come, yeah, to the inviting. It's an invitation in a way, right, Diane? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's really wonderful because a lot of us want something new. We wanted to change our lives, but we are not willing to let go of what the things that we are holding on to that could be blocking, right, new things from coming in. That makes so much sense. So talk to me about the connection between having too many things and stress. When you have so many things, it's, um, it's like having clutter. It creates mental fog. And I, I don't know if I can explain that any other way. It's like there's so many things that it creates. But one of the things is you just really don't think as well because there's so much that is going into your mind, into your brain, into your eyesight. You, you have a, a filter in your brain that collects every piece of information. It collects like 2 million bits of information per second. And if you have all this stuff going on in your life, all this mental clutter and all this physical clutter, it just really blocks the ability to think clearly. Just, I don't know if that answers the question that you're asking or peace of mind or inner peace is found when we connect with that part of us that's quiet, that's spacious, almost there's nothing there. Peace has a lot to do with um, space, with this vast space. There's there's nothing really there, but at the same time, there's so much, so much love. And then all the good stuff comes in, (laughs) the love, compassion, and the good feelings and thoughts. Why do you think so many of us have this habit of accumulating things and cluttering our space? Oh, well, I think it's just a matter of, <laughs> I don't know, some people just see things and they they feel like they have to have it. And, like, and I think it's different for a lot of different people. I know my husband is a, like I said, he's a shopaholic, but he he's one that has to have multiples of everything, like, Oh, we have five angle grinders and 20 pairs of scissors. And so I think everybody is different and for it's different reasons for different people. For a lot of people, it's, uh, you know, the way that we collect things is because of a death in the family or because of not having things as a child or, you know, it's, it's, 
like I say, it's kind of different for everybody. But um, so a lot of it, a lot of what I do is I help people to deal with whatever's happened in their past that has caused these emotions that make them feel like they have to have things. That kind of attachment, that must be a probably the most challenging one. It, it is. It's the very, well, first of all, time helps. Uh, my aunt asked me she's, if I, she's got so many things that I, I just don't feel like I can let go of. And I just told her, you know, put them in bubble wrap. <laughs> store them for a little while and then, you know, take them out and look at them again. A lot of things I'll just say, you know, if it's not something that you really, really love, like you want to have it out and you want to have it shown, then take a picture of it. Mm. Give it a hug and then let it go. Because yeah. if you have a picture of it, it's always there. That's a great idea. Yeah. And even myself, I, the other day I had this little... um Oh, it was a little Buddha that I got on the trip that I was on. Uh, and I really didn't love it, but it was sentimental. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I have my granddaughter come up, and she was kind of being my clutter coach. <laughs> I don't know why. That's cute. So um, she said, well, Grandma, can you just take a picture of it and give it a hug? And I went, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. That's amazing, right? That's a great idea. Great idea. I'm wondering how many people will say yes to that. Does it take time for them to take this action or they trust and, and do it? Oh, well, you know, people always have their phone with them and that's all I do. So I just take a picture with my phone. There's a little difficulty right now because people can't judge drop their donations off anywhere. A lot of places are not taking donations. True. So storing things in a, if you can get a plastic bin or something until you find a place where you can donate. A couple of places have opened up here in Utah. I don't know about other states, but if you have a picture of it and you can always look back at that, it just makes it actually kind of easy. Do you suggest that we keep these things when they're sentimental? Should we keep them for a certain amount of time or... Depends on the person. You know what? I don't. Because everybody's so different. And um, it really doesn't take forever. Once somebody figures out that, you know, these things are just sitting there in a box. They're really not doing me any good. And once once they've been able to declutter most of the rest of their home and their, uh, their life, then it's not that much harder to just take a picture of things and let them go. But some people, you know, it takes longer. Yeah, it depends. And I'm never going to force anybody to get, to let things go that they that can't. That they're not ready yet, right, Diane? Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. I like that. Is this connected to limiting beliefs or limiting beliefs are different from this attachment? Oh, this is so, so connected. Um, like I say, almost every everything that we have is connected in some way to our past. And some of the things that are, they're connected to are good things, and sometimes they're not good things. I had a client who was collecting his stuffed animals. This is a full-grown full adult man, and couldn't get to let go of his stuffed animals because he lost them all when he was a kid. So, oh, wow. so we did some belief breakthrough and let go of some of his limiting beliefs, and he was able to let them go. So That's amazing how... We can get attached to so many things, right? I think when I speak about attachment, it doesn't really include the attachment to people we love. 
But sometimes the attachment is um, not necessarily the people that they love, but things that have maybe happened that have been either regrettable or not ideal that they won't let go of. Um, So we're helping them to let go of maybe something that's happened in the past. You say something funny in the book that I wrote to you. You said, when the storage boxes become the clutter themselves, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's kind of funny because they buy too many uh, storage boxes. Sometimes they can become a part of the clutter, not the opposite. Oh, they yeah. don't help. That was funny. I was like laughing by myself here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It happens. It does happen. So how do we avoid that, Diane? It just... Sometimes it's just a matter of taking the time to identifying what you have, maybe sorting through things a little bit, and then deciding which boxes to get. And um, it's better to have the boxes or storage um, storage containers than not to have any at all. But just don't go overboard. Um, like <laughs> I had to have a whole bunch of every different size because you know, I had right. all these things I needed to take care of. And I'm an artist, and so there's a lot of different sized things that I thought that I needed. But the problem was when I decluttered, I let go of so many things that um, there was all these boxes mm-hmm. left over. Your art is so amazing. I love the paintings that I saw on your book. They're amazing, amazing. So I'm wondering if that, does it help decluttering the mind somehow, painting? Is that like almost like a meditative practice? It is. It's something that I can do anytime. But it's helpful if I don't have so much. Oh, if my studio is clean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it helps a lot. <laughs> but uh, um, it, I wouldn't say that it helps to declutter my mind as much as it's something that I can do anytime and it feels good. That's the uh, definition of freedom, yeah. One of the things you said that uh, kind of caught my attention in your book, you said, one of the best things you can do to keep a blissful home is to take care of yourself first. So that makes me think about self-love and self-care. Do you also teach the art of self-love? Oh, I do. A lot of that goes back to limiting beliefs and being able to take care of yourself. I really love exercising every day, just doing all of the right things, eating right and getting enough sleep. I think a lot of people that have so much on their schedule, oh, and have so many things going on that they just just don't plan or don't get enough sleep. And (laughs) they think they're being more productive, but really not. They're not. Yeah, and that's so true. Uh, trying to get too many things done fast. Oh, just having your mornings. I have what I call the cheetah morning technique where we do the same thing every morning. And yeah. part of that is uh, mentally getting yourself ready for the day, meditating and, and getting ready for whatever's going to happen. Right, it is. And that has a lot to do with silence and nature, doesn't it? It does. It does. How can we even start simplifying our surroundings, our environment? What suggestions can you give people like myself, although I try to simplify my environment? 
someone like you, you probably don't have a lot of over, you know, a lot of things that you don't need in your environment. You probably don't have a lot of clutter. I, I like to go into a room and see the room the way that I envisioned it maybe <laughs> way back when I was a kid or something. <laughs> this is how my room was going to look. This is why, you know, or, you know, just make it look, visualize. I, some people have a hard time visualizing. So I tell them, okay, just in your mind, take everything out of your room. Like it's um, raising itself up and going into a different space. And then only put things back in your mind that that will make the room look good. And, and then... Even if they need to do that physically, they can do that. But, you know, make your environment look the way that you want it to look. And that's hard for some people. The hardest thing is to get started, like you said. Um, I, in fact, I had a lady that I went to help and she said, I don't even know where to start. In fact, most people tell me I don't know where to start. And it's just a matter of picking something up. <laughs> And when you have something in your hand and you're looking around thinking, okay, where is this going to go? It just makes everything, you start to see it all. And it's just a matter of doing one thing at a time, you know, taking that one bite of the elephant, so yeah. to speak. That's true. Asking the question, do I need this? It's also a good way of finding our way to start simplifying cleaning and declutting. Yes. I always tell people to, um, instead of saying, do I need this, say, can I let this go? And instead of saying, can I let this go or, do, or, or, or keep it, you're already giving yourself permission to keep it. And if it's something that you don't need, you don't want to do that. So can I let this go is the first question. And then um, after you decide yes or no, if the answer is yes, I can let it go, that's easy. It just goes to the garbage or to charity, or if you can sell it. And then if the answer is no, it comes a little more complicated, then you have to make a few more decisions. Yeah. I love that, Diane. Can I let this go? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Because in a way, it already is telling us that we are holding on to something, that it's not necessary. <laughs> so we are kind of acknowledging that. I love that question. Can I let this go? Oh, wow, I love this exercise as a training for thoughts, letting thoughts go. Even the way you do that with the people who are holding on to memories of the past, too. Yeah, if you're, it depends on the memories. <laughs> good <laughs> memories are good, you know. So, um, but so, yeah, can I let this go? If it's a bad memory, then sometimes it's harder when it comes to the mental thoughts. And so you have to, um, you have to work on doing some sort of a breakthrough to be able to let go of those memories. And so, um, uh, we do sort of a belief breakthrough where we try to, to change the memory in some ways so that it becomes a good memory. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, oh, turning bad memories into good ones. Yeah, so turning it around and making it a good memory so that you're not dwelling. Because people do, they just dwell on these bad memories and um, and it, it just, it becomes huge. And then it takes up a whole big area of their, their mental um, thinking and their 
emotions and everything else if they're holding on to these bad memories. I agree. And the limiting beliefs, as you call it. Yeah, that makes sense. What comes first, the physical declutting or the mental cleaning up <laughs> of thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think it's the mental, but it's not necessarily all the limiting beliefs because that kind of has to go hand in hand. Yeah, um, Because you might have something that uh, you're hanging on to that has something totally different than, you know, than like my art, uh, things that I don't need in my art world are different than things that I don't need in my kitchen. And so, um, so you kind of do that as you go along. But as far as decluttering your mind, you, it has to start in your mind. If you feel like that you cannot um, declutter because of the past, because it's always been this way. So it's always going to be this way. And you've tried and tried and tried, and you can't do it. You know, you've got to get rid of those thoughts. That's got to go first. And you have to be able to picture the, the home, the room, the area, wherever you're at, or even um, in, in your work, you have to be able to picture things the way that you want them to be. Because if you're picturing whatever's in the past and it's not good, then it's always going to, you know, it's always going to be that way. That's true. Now, that sounds very much like a wonderful method because the mind, the thoughts will create in the way the environment, the outside. So it has to start with the thoughts, cleaning the mind. How do we keep, once we organize everything and everything is just looking uh, great and clean and clear. How do we keep it that way? Okay. <laughs> so I was just thinking about how am I going to bring this into the conversation because it's really important. Um, so when I do a, a room, say I'm doing my bedroom, I make a declaration about my room. And I'll say, oh, this is the most beautiful room in the house. And it's, you know, it's, this is the this is where the magic happens, so to speak, whatever it is. And then um, and then I ha you have to keep doing that every single day, even before it's finished decluttering, even before you've finished whatever. Because um, let's imagine that you have your kitchen and it's finally all clean, but it hasn't been that way for a really, really long time. And so there's this cognitive dissonance going on in your head that's saying, oh, this doesn't look like it really is supposed to look because it looks different. And so you need it to not look different. You need So you need to imagine, keep that um, visualization going every single day so that when it is finally totally decluttered, it looks like it's supposed to. And your brain will say, yeah. This is how this room is supposed to look. Okay, I like this. And you don't have that cognitive dissonance. And so automatically, if there's something out on the counter, you're going to pick it up and put it away or throw it in the garbage or whatever. You said earlier about replacing those limiting beliefs and turning bad memories into good ones. And that's interesting how you use visualization, this imagination as a tool. That's a... A very interesting. So we get idea because we get used to something in a, that is in a, in a different way because most people just hold on to things because they're used to the way they look or feel. But now we are doing the opposite, trying to practice the opposite. Yeah, it, it does feel like something's missing. That's what it is, I guess, when we, we move and start. Even when I clean the house, yeah. And then I'm like, wow. It feels lighter, much better, but also feels like something's missing. That's 
Yeah, interesting. And you want to, yeah, kind of put things back. So <laughs> <laughs> always interesting when I finish with a room and um, my client will just start crying like, oh, this is so, you know, they, they're so happy that it's that way. But I, I think, okay, can you just visualize it this way all the time? And like, at least, you know, I, I think they say 21 days is when it's <laughs> <laughs> happen. But I think it's longer than that. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's very rewarding. It's almost like a grieving process that we go through yeah. by losing things, missing them. I have a few more questions for you, final questions, I call them. Before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, okay. It's called Too Much Stuffs. And uh, it's Mr. and Mrs. Much Stuff. It's here somewhere, Mrs. Much Stuff would say, as she tripped over a box that was in her way. The box, Mr. March Stuff had to look inside. Cool. Look at this oh, treasure. As his eyes open wide, it's an old ham radio that doesn't even work. But I can fix it, he said with a smirk. In search of some tools, he was gone for a while. She shook her head and just tossed the box on a pile. But next to that box was something else altogether. Oh, I know this is ugly, but it belonged to my mother. As long as I can remember, it sat on the shelf with this little glass dog and this little glass elf. <laughs> I'll just wrap it and put it in a real safe place. As soon as I can find a safe place, space. Mrs. Mushduff, don't give those headphones away. I could have used them yesterday. Toss these psychedelic bell-bottom pants in the pile. No way, Mr. Mushduff. They might come back in style. This is the conversation we have, we all have in our minds <laughs> when trying yes, exactly. to, yeah, holding on to things. I love the way you read this too. Do you have the audiobook version? I am working on that right now. So it should be out within a month. Yeah, that sounds me. wonderful to me. <laughs> I love the way you read it. <laughs> it's fun. Thank you. Um, just one thing. I am just finishing an online course. I actually just got it published, and so it will be uh, launched within the next week. If anybody's interested in uh, having a course that teaches the same thing as the book. Wonderful. And I'll have the link. When you have it, please send it to me. I'll post it on your profile, and as well as your art, because I love your art. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your okay. paintings are amazing. So I have... Um, Two questions for you, final questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I would probably ride horses more. <laughs> right. And my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today? I know for sure that family is everything, at least um, to me. Family is always there for you if you're always there for them. I know that being clutter-free is total freedom because if you don't have so many things going on in your schedule, then you have time to really think about things and enjoy life. If you don't have too many things in your home and your clutter everywhere, it, it gives you time. And the other thing is time is the most important thing because 
if you have extra time, you can do so much with it. It's um, the, the three things that are most important in life are time and family and whatever the third one is. <laughs> <laughs> and cleaning. Time and family. <laughs> yes, decluttering the schedule. So we have more time for, for family, right? I like that. To love, like you say. Thank you so much for your presence, your fun, joyful presence, and your wisdom, your deep wisdom. Where can we find more information about you, your books, your art, your work, services, and future projects? I have a a website. It's www.clutterfreeliving.com. It's very easy. And I'm always open for anyone to get a hold of me. happy to talk to anybody that wants to talk to me. So um, just get on that website. And if you have any questions, you can just get on the uh, about me or whatever and, and get a hold of me and I'll get in touch. Sounds great. Thank you so much again, Diane. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Diane Higby, please visit her website, clutterfreeliving.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.